You're listening to the pre-snap podcast presented by LineStar. Insight and analysis from the minds of fantasy football experts. Fantasy football advice and strategy from two of the top minds in the game. It's time to lock it in and win. Here are your hosts, Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizzapia. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. It's me, it's Michael Rathburn, and we are breaking down week nine. We're already past the halfway point. It's unbelievable. NFL just flies by, but there's still games to be played, still money to be won. And Michael Rathburn, we are here to do it uh, right here today. We've got some teams on a bye this week. No Cincinnati Bengals, no Colts, no Giants, which is funny. They still might lose even though they're on the bye. The Philadelphia Eagles are on a bye. Arizona and Jacksonville's on a bye. We'll see if everybody in Jacksonville decides to show up next week and actually play football. But Rathburn, when we're looking at these teams that aren't in this week, how does that affect the slate for week nine on the main slate? Yeah, usually, I mean, you got that many teams, it, it certainly would be cause for concern. But uh, when looking at the omissions, I think we're in pretty good shape. Uh, I think this is one of the best weeks uh, in terms of player pool. There's certainly quarterback position does take a little bit of a hit, but it's so deep that I think you're fine there. But, um, you know, outside of uh, outside of Saquon and Zeke and, and Mixon and Mack, I think we're okay on the running back side and on the on the receiver side you know, outside of AJ green really. And a couple other guys, uh, I think we're good. So, uh, Devonte Adams being another one, but no, for the most part, um, tight end is weak. Um, and it hurts, uh, when you don't have some of these guys in there like Kittle and, and Ebron and Ingram and stuff like that. But, um, for the most part, I think the player pool is pretty good. Um, my, uh, my overall evaluation on the week is when you look at the Vegas totals, most of them are high this week. But my initial gut reaction to a lot of these games was, wow, these totals seem pretty high. Games that I thought would normally be 44-45 are in the 48-49 range. So I think what's going to happen is uh, some of these games are going to go under the total, and we have to decide which ones are going to go under, which ones are going to go over. But I think even more this week, Vegas has basically reacted to the scoring in NFL and just started juicing the totals. And that's been the consensus. I talked to three other people that are kind of in the, in the Vegas uh, space and they all agreed that the, the totals had been choosed this week. So I'm certainly not afraid to go under on some of these games where gosh, look at how many overs I picked last week. And right. they pretty much all came in. I was going to say they all came. We were right on every single one of the overs. I yeah. Think. Except for, well, we got screwed on the Rams. Uh, okay, yeah, the Rams, but you know, we really didn't. <laughs> no, I know, but I, I want to be transparent. I want to be transparent. So. That's fair. All right. And of course you got the big matchup with Brady and Rogers, but if you're not playing the main slate, unfortunately that's going to go out. So you could just kind of sit back and enjoy some good football on that one. Speaking of last week, we also hit on Connor and the Steelers. We hit on the Bucks Bengals game. Uh, the Bengals D, Tyler Boyd, especially, we're all over that. And, of course, the trap that was Jordy Nelson. We highlighted last week, Rath, the idea, the difference between just because somebody's a value doesn't make them a good investment. And I give you, once again, the Jordy Nelson uh, model there. So we were uh, right about that. Also, the Colts being the top-scoring team of the week. So uh, it's a pretty uh, pretty good week there. The misses, though, there are some misses. Uh, fading Cam and CMC, which... Again, I think if we had to do it again, it's still good logic. So I, I think, I think just yeah. because something happens one, sometimes doesn't mean you know, yeah. The one thing I did overlook there is just the Ravens' track record on the road of recent memory. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize how bad it was, 
And so that was a, that was a, you know, kind of an oversight on my part, but um, look, a lot of smart people were on the Ravens last week. So, but um, you know, I just want to, I just want to, you know, lesson learned should have looked more into the Ravens history. And I will tell you that when I do these game matchups and game projections, there's a lot of things I look at and we'll talk about that. What exactly what I'm looking at when I go into the game projections. Also in Joku was disappointing, but I feel like a bounce back's coming this week. There was a big bloodletting in Cleveland. We call it at the Brown wedding on the fantasy black book show this week. So uh, I think we could definitely see that for sure. Um, now, when you continue on here, uh, looking around in terms of any big weather or stuff like that, uh, doesn't seem to be uh, too much going on here. Uh, also, when you're looking at the quarterbacks that are not available this week, again, we, we talked about the teams, but just to reiterate, Dalton Rogers, Brady Luck, Wentz, all off the slate, running back, White, Michelle, Zeke, DJ, Mixon, Mac, Hyde, Barkley, all off the slate, wide receivers, Jeffrey Tate, Beckham, Hilton, Green, Boyd, Edelman, Gordon. Oh, I'm exhausted already. Adams, Allison. So, I mean, you're taking a lot of primetime players off again this week. So as we continue to go through these buys and continue to get geared up here for week nine let's keep in mind the games we're going to focus on the games that we have good totals for and also some of the chalk that could be dangerous because i think there might be some this week that could be a little on the dangerous side we'll get raf's take on that and a whole lot more we're just getting started boys and girls this is the pre-snap right here on line star app we come back we're gonna start to break down the games for week nine in the nfl we'll be right back right after this the pre-snap podcast is sponsored by LineStar. Dominate DFS with the world's only patented lineup optimizer. Visit linestarapp.com now and start your free trial. All right, let's get at it. It's that time. It's time for game previews. Let's start with the Jets and Dolphins. I know it's a barn burner and you're super excited for it. But look, let's talk about the Dolphins at minus three. Uh, the total opened at 45. Now it's 44. Uh, Jets got obliterated by the Bears. They they have all kinds of injuries at running back. And on top of which, too, I think the one thing you take out of last week from the Dolphins side is whether it was addition by subtraction because of the guys who were hurt. But Devontae Parker had a huge amount of targets in that game uh, with the Texans. They had a long off period, too, to keep him practicing and getting him involved in the offense. Do you see another double-digit target game being potential here for Mr. Devonte Parker in this one. Yeah, I think you have to because just based on um, the, the you know it, there is nobody else, and so uh, just based on process of elimination, he's going to get fed, and especially against this Jets, Jets pass defense that's been decimated with injuries and been torn up pretty much you know four or five weeks in a row now. So um, I think last week the Jets the Jets Bears game was um, a little bit different in that. The weather started to play a big factor in why that game was uh, only about 24-10, I believe. So uh, I think that in this spot, um, look, I'm not I'm not super confident in either one of these teams at this point. I don't think either one of them is very good. And the Jets' road record, we talked about it last week. They're not able to win games on the road, not with a rookie quarterback, not with all the injuries. So now it's just a matter of do the Dolphins win by three? Do they win by seven? You know, how much do they win by? Uh, I've got the game 27-20, so it's a slightly over the total. And um, look, what happened, you know, basically what I read about the Dolphins is that they had they had those back-to-back games at home in the, in, the, in the humid weather and that their defense ran out of gas against Houston. So they've had 10 days off. It's a division home game. 
And as much as I don't think either one of these teams is very good, it's a division home game. It's a rivalry game. Miami is actually five and two their last seven games at home. The last four games have gone over the total. The last three games that the Dolphins been involved in, the combined score has been 65, 53, 59. I just don't think the Jets have enough firepower on offense to get into the 50s like those other games. So I got a 27-20. Not a huge amount of fantasy value in this game. I don't know. What about on the Dolphins' defense side? I mean, you want to talk about fantasy? I don't mind the Dolphins' defense. I think that's a good call. They're at home. They're a solid favorite. The total is low. I do like the Miami defense. Yeah, I mean, they're at home. We know also from a special teams perspective, too, that weather sometimes has gotten hot down there, and it's it's taken its toll on teams in the second half. So uh, just putting that out there, I think also Sam Darnold's propensity to turn the ball over, their inability to move the chains. There's a lot of things here, I think, where the Dolphins' defense makes a lot of sense, where this week, obviously, there's going to be some enormous Bears chalk, which we'll talk about later with Nathan Peterman. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying the ownership might be 90%. All right, uh, Falcons at Redskins. Redskins opens at minus 2.5, now it's down to minus 1.5. The total opened at 48. Uh, Now it's 48.5, so not too much movement on here. Uh, Look, you got the Falcons coming off a bye, but they're going on the road. And in this one, too, Adrian Peterson's been a guy, Rath, that he's run strong this year. He's run. He's been physical. He's, he's looking for contact. And there's one thing the Falcons defense hates. It's contact. Believe me, I see it on a weekly basis. They hate to tackle anybody. So is this another situation where despite the heavy workload a couple weeks in a row that Adrian Peterson really is lined up for another decent day? Yeah, I think so. Because here's the thing. Um, don't like the Falcons on the road playing outside. Don't like that situation at all. They haven't, they have only played two games on the road this year. The Redskins uh, look, I've been talking about unders on the Redskins almost the entire year. This team is one of the slowest paced teams in the NFL and they've got a pretty good defense. Talked about the under in the Cowboy game. Talked about the under in the Giants game. The under is two and eight for the Redskins. The last 10, the Redskins are six and one last seven games at home. Six out of those games have gone under the total. Uh, I just don't think the Falcons are going to get the ball. I think um, very interesting, you know, keep an eye on Chris Thompson's status. Capri Bibbs may all of a sudden become a very, very nice play this week. We know about the Falcons' inability to cover uh, pass-catching running backs. I just think the Redskins grind it out. Look, their quarterback can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. He doesn't really have anybody to throw it past 10 yards. They're going to grind it out. I've got the Redskins 23-17. I think this total going from 48 to 48 and a half is crazy. I don't get it. I don't think this game should be more than 43, 44 as far as total goes. So, Well, especially because when you look at the, the lack of explosiveness on the Redskins side too, it's not, it's not something where you could see, well, the Redskins going and lighting it up. That's not really their bag necessarily. Not the way they play. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, uh, look, that the defense in Washington has played pretty well this year. You got to give them credit there, especially against the pass and with very little running game to speak of right now in Atlanta. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is an under one as well. All right, let's go to Minnesota for the Lions taking on the Vikings. Vikings opened up at minus five and a half. That's down to five. The total opened at 50 and a half. It's down to 49. Look, every week we do it. So this week it's Latavius Murray against the dreadful Detroit Lions run defense. Now I know they made an acquisition from the Giants, but still, I, I just feel like you look at the team and you go, hey, you know, prove me wrong. And that's that's where I keep going with it. Prove me wrong. And then I will go otherwise but it's hard not to like Latavius Murray and I think the rest of the Vikings offense pretty much in this one how do you feel about it 
Yeah, you know, look, it's a game time decision with Dalvin Cook. So if if Cook is out, then absolutely lock and load on Latavius, which I've been doing almost every single week, especially when they're at home and they have a good matchup. Uh, the Vikings, this is a very desperate spot for the Vikings. It doesn't. It, it's a must win game, but it doesn't mean they're going to win. And their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. And so, you know, Cousins has just had a difficult time getting any kind of protection. Obviously, Thielen is is a lock play. But, you know, again, I'm looking at this total of 49. I just don't understand. Uh, I know that Minnesota's defense, look, the Saints game hit 50. So if the Vikings-Saints hit 50, you're expecting the Lions and Vikings to hit 49? I don't see it. I don't get it. The under is three and seven, the last 10 games in the series. And the Vikings are still 11 and three, the last 14 games at home. So, yeah, um, I've got the Vikings 24, Lions 20. So that means they wouldn't cover the, the five and they would go under the total. Yeah, I think that's reasonable to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, here's the other question is, come on, look in the crystal ball. Does Adam Thielen have another 100 yard game here in him? Oh, yeah. I don't see any reason why he doesn't. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, oh, man. If I told you that at the beginning of this in the summer, you would have said I'm nuts. But I mean, it's just it's crazy. It's really been spectacular season for Adam Thielen. That's for sure. Uh, all right. The Chiefs at Browns. The, the new look Cleveland Browns with Greg Williams as head coach. Don't ask me how the hell that's allowed to happen in the NFL. But he opened up at uh, eight and a half. Now it's minus eight. The total is at 52, then down to 51. So, look, I mean, this is a. This is a tough spot here for the Browns. I mean, they're going to be uh, they're going to be at home hosting Patrick Mahomes, who just absolutely lights out. Uh, you know, Greg Williams. I'm not going to put anything by him in terms of possibly revving up this team into a, a play yeah, where they're trying yeah, to take out Patrick be, Mahomes. Be a fly on the wall in practice this week. Yeah, uh, and I and you know what? Like, I don't want to think that way, but I feel like you're thinking, nine jobs lined up. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. It's just. I don't think a guy like that should be allowed to be a head coach in the NFL. No, no, I mean, not at all. Not at all. And just, and I'm, I'm worried about Mahomes, and that's the only thing, like, I'm not saying they're going to go out and end his career, but I'm worried that they go out there and do something stupid and knock him out of the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, we, Williams has been in a lot of hot water, so I don't know, I, I, but he is dumb. He is that brazen to go ahead and try to do something like that, basically, you know? So, but that all, be, that all being aside, this is a tough, it's a tough game because it's the Chiefs on the road. Nobody's been able to slow down this offense, but the Browns passing defense has actually been really good. Are the Browns going to rally and are they going to rally around the team? Or are they going to rally around the coach? I don't know. And, and so I early, think there's only so much you can rally against a team like Kansas. Yeah, look, this it was like Detroit coming to town or some middling team. I'd say, yeah, maybe they do rally and, and you get an emotional game out of them or something like that. But I don't know. It's like a momentum's only as good as the next day starting pitcher. I feel like momentum's only as good as the quarterback that you're playing against. And right now Mahomes is out of his mind. But that being said, I want to go to your point too. If indeed this is a game where they're just kind of outclassed, I feel like, you know, especially with the Tyree kill injury uh, and with that groin that he's dealing with, my, my question to you is, is this like a really heavy dose Kareem Hunt game? It could be. I think that's a good spot. That's, that's what, what I think. Got it. Yeah, I've got a Chiefs 27-20, so it's going to go – I got it under the total, you know, by about four points, five points. Um, I think there's something to the total coming down from 52 to 51. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if that total does come down to 50 or 49 uh, because I think that ultimately is going to be how this game – 49 plays is real tempting. 
I, so I feel 48, like yeah, 48 is the key number, but you know, um, let's look, you know, I don't know if weather is going to be an issue. It looks like right now it's not, but certainly things could change. If there's any hint of weather, that total is going to start dropping. Yeah. Oh, look, we, and in terms of explosiveness too, what we saw last week out of Sammy Watkins, is that something that has potential again? Because obviously the price hasn't caught up with him yet. No. Because why? Because of Ward? Um, no, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think his body of work was, he just didn't have, um, he just had so many bad games that the algorithm is looking at the total body of work and it's not looking at the most recent performance. Mm-hmm. So you're still able to get value. He'd have to have another couple of big games in order for that salary. to change. Right. But I mean, like, is it something you want to look at right now in terms of if, if Hill is, I guess the question is if Hill is uh, not healthy, yeah, I mean, look, playing, they're saying he's going to play, but don't be surprised if it's limited, limited. Staff. Well, but I, that's, I guess what I'm saying is okay, if Hill plays and it's, and he's not a hundred percent, I feel like that's better than if he doesn't play for Watkins. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like I, I want Hill I on the field. You. I agree. Yep. So yeah, keep that in mind. Like if Hill, is, right. If Hill is not on the field in my right. mind, that's okay. Hunt. Watkins Hunt. gets downgraded. Hunt, Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. Hunt, yep. All right. Let's uh, move on to the uh, Panthers at box. Now this is one that we've got a whole lot of eyes on uh, Panthers minus seven. Now minus six, a total open to 54. It's moved up to 55, which uh, I think is wise there. Uh, look, they're coming off a big home win against the Ravens. That was a big time. I think that was a big confidence builder for them. Oh, yeah. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick back at the helm here. He was very successful with Mike Evans. Uh, he's also very astute, equally as Jameson Winston, as throwing picks and turning the ball over. So keep that in mind as well. To me, this screams of garbage time bucks and a, and a Panthers W. How do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I certainly could see the Panthers having a 21, you know, 28 point lead. And, and, you know, I could see them being up 38 to 10 and, uh, you know, certainly some garbage. Uh, absolutely. Uh, see that how what's, what's interesting is when I did the research for this game is, uh, <clears throat> typically what I'll do is if it's a division game, I'll certainly look at the head to heads and then I'll look at the home team and what they do at home. I'll look at the road team and what they do on the road. Uh, if it's if it's a AFC NFC game, I'll look at how the team does against the opposing conference, and then uh, if there's no other angles in play, I'll just look at home road ten most recent, etc., and just try to gleam any kind of angles. So, what was interesting about these games is the last four games in this series have gone under the total with forty-one, twenty, thirty-three, and thirty-one points. Mm. Uh, Carolina has won eight out of the last 10. So they've owned uh, Tampa Bay. The Panthers, I don't think anybody realizes this. And again, I should have been more inclined with the Panthers last week because they had won eight in a row at home and they were an underdog and they should not have been. So they they have a nine game winning streak at home. The Bucs are two and 12, their last 14 on the road. And the over is 11 and three in those games. The Bucks on the road this year, total points in the game, 71, 63, 58, 88. That's nuts. Yeah. That is crazy. Wow. Uh, so I've got, I've got a Panthers 38, 30, that's 68 points. I gotta be honest with you. I kind of actually wanted to put a four in front of the Panther score. Um, I really wanted to put 41 and it wouldn't shock me if they get to 41 in this game. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's how I'm looking at it too. I mean, I think we're in agreement. I mean, it just is. I want to ask you too, do you see the trend of uh, DJ Moore starting to get more target yep. volume? And to me, that's the guy this week that, uh, you know, I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting. And I kind of knew this was how it was going to play out. I'm local in Charlotte. That's right. Yeah. He was leading up training camp, but the coaches had talked him down and said, he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not ready. But you knew that once they basically, you know, let the let the training wheels off, so to speak, that it was going to be off to the races. This kid is a very electric player. I'm very excited about him. I mean, basically, they haven't had a guy like this since Steve Smith. Um, he's a different player than Steve Smith, but I'm talking about a really just electric wide receiver. And um, I'm very interested to see, you know, his progression. Yeah, I, I agree. To me, this is his game. Uh, I just, this is the breakout. This is the one. And he could, I mean, last week was an excellent. I think he just was a five for 90. I think he had last week. I, I could see him going over that with ease this week in this situation with Tampa. I just don't think they have any answers on defense. They just don't. All right, let's move on here to the uh, Steelers and Ravens in division game here. Always a tough in, in conference game here. You got the uh, Ravens opened up at minus three. Now it's minus two and a half, which I don't know, I'm still kind of scratching my head at that one just a tad. Total open to 47 and a half. You also saw Lamar Jackson get a little bit involved last week. Is that a trend that you're going to see a little bit more in this one too? Well, look, they've got certain packages designed for him that they run every game. So I think that's just, you know, that's just how they run it. But it seemed like last week was a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, yeah. Last, last time out too, yeah, John Brown getting real involved in this one. This was, is this the Steeler payback game basically? I guess that's the question. Yeah, I tell you what, this is a tough game because, you know, again, a lot like the Vikings, it's basically a must-win game for the Ravens, but it doesn't mean they're going to win. And they already beat the Steelers early in the season, so I could certainly see the Steelers evening up the series. Um, you know, it's it's a must-win game for both teams. You know what's interesting is as I'm, as I'm doing the research for the game, there's this notion about the Steelers on the road, and it's certainly true. There's a, There is some validity to it. But what's interesting is the Steelers are actually 8-1-1 one, in one, their last 10 games on the road. And I didn't expect to see that. I thought they would be like 3-7, uh, 4-6, 4-5-1. So what's interesting, though, is they're 8-1-1 one, one on the road, but 7-unders. Mm. And that's the key, is they play different at home than they do on the road. Because in those also in the last 10 at home, they're 6-4 and four and 8-2 and two to the over. So clearly there's a home road split. Uh, enough data there that it, it, it warrants, you know, validity. Uh, um, this has basically been an under series and the Ravens have dominated the series at home and the Ravens are good at home. I've got the game 20 to 19, the Ravens. Uh, I probably won't own anybody in this, in this game as far as a fantasy goes. Yeah, I, I don't love this one from a fantasy perspective either. This is another one of those. It wouldn't, I, and I think I'm being generous at 20 to 19. You know what's going to be funny too? Let's say Connor has a bad game in this one. Like, <laughs> you know, you could just like, you could feel the headlines now about, well, Avion Bell's got to come back and then the bell comes back and then, you know, because we, that's the magical week 10 and it's just kind of, yeah. it's just frustrating. You know, he's the, the yo-yo that's been the Connor situation all year is just completely just, frustrating all right let's do one more before we hit a break uh chargers at seahawks opened up at minus two now it's minus one the total opened at 48 uh seahawks very good road win against the lions 
We've seen the emergence of David Moore, which is funny because it kind of happened the exact same time as Doug Baldwin came in yep. coming back. Now, this kind of goes back to the earlier conversation of is more players on the field to account for, harder for defense, therefore more opportunities. Baldwin did practice in full. That's a, that's an important little note too. Uh, is is there going to be a situation here where Moore is a letdown at this point? Like, does Baldwin work himself back in, or is this just a spot where Baldwin's never going to be healthy all year? And what we're seeing with Moore emerging is really, you know, David Moore, not yeah. DJ Moore here. Just to be clear, yeah, for those I don't, I don't know if this is really a Baldwin thing. I think, look, the way that what happened with Baldwin, it just made them adjust the way they play. And look, man, what did we hear about at the beginning of the season with this team? Offensive line stinks. They're not going to be able to run the ball. And they lost everybody on defense. Well, look, their schedule is what it is. And certainly you could question who they played. But they're running the ball and they're playing defense. And they're playing good. And they've, they've you know, so I think they're one of the surprise teams in the NFL. The way that they're playing is much different. And I was a huge criticism. I, I, I criticized Schottenheimer big time. And um, I still I still question his ability to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. But look, they've they've found a formula right now. It's working for them. And so one of the th- things I look at with Seattle is whenever they're playing against, um, <clears throat> so they get two games a year against the AFC at home. And so they've actually won thirteen games in a row against the AFC. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that that's, that's one of the most intimidating uh, environments to play in, in the NFL, probably number one. And in spite of the fact that they were um, not that good last year or whatever, if you go back and look at their home record over the last 30, 40, 50 games, it's off the charts. So they, got, they do have home field edge. Also, the Chargers, I go back and I look at, hey, how do the Chargers do? in these non-conference you know, road games that we always talk about. They're 5-12, and 12, their last 17 games against the mm. NFC on the road. Wow. They don't perform well in this spot. Seattle is 7-3, and three, their last 10. How many people would predict that? And in those 10 games, 7 out of 10 have gone under the total. I don't understand how on earth this total is 48. I think it's another one of those juice totals. I don't understand how the Seahawks are favored by less than a field goal in this game. Um, they would be one of my best bets of the week. I have it 24-17, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's more like 27-17. to 17. Keep it on the running back situation there, too, because there could be some price opportunity with Carson dealing with an injury. Uh, there are some questions whether or not he's going to be a go. Keep an eye as we get closer and closer through the weekend on what that means. If so, Mike Davis, last time he's gotten last few times he's gotten a shot he has performed all right we're gonna hit a break when we come back we're gonna talk about the chalkiest of the chalk defense of the week you gotta pay for and is it really worth it well we'll find out you're listening to the pre-snap right here on the line star app joe and rath will be right back right after this the pre-snap podcast is brought to you by line star transparent projections simplified research advanced signals and top rated apps dominate dfs download for free at linestarapp.com all right welcome back everybody let's go to buffalo the bears at the bills minus eight and a half now minus 10 the total opened up at 38 now it's 37 and a half nathan peterman's back baby you just can't get rid of him he's like some kind of weird toe fungus no matter what happens every couple weeks he creeps up and he ruins everyone's afternoon. And I'm look, this is a spot here where you're going to have Peterman 
who's thrown so many interceptions and, and a defense that's very good. And I know it's on the road and I know it's expensive. So I guess the question is with the ownership, with the attention, with the opportunity, is the Bears defense this week a good investment or a bad investment? Here's the thing about the so it's typically this year paying up at defense has not been the best play, um, unless it's against the Bills. Uh, or even Tam- or maybe Tampa. Um, but what's interesting here is, you know, playing defenses this year has been basically, it's not about points allowed. And typically that would be the number one thing that you would look at. You would say, hey, I want, I want the team that's projected to allow the fewest amount of points. But with the scoring explosion, we've had to basically throw that out the window. But this is a, this is a different situation because it's just, the total is just gross. You know, their team total is like by far the lowest of anybody and, and not even close. Um, the game is on the road. Um, look, if the game was in Chicago, Chicago would be minus 14 at least. Um, what's in play here, though, is the shutout. And that kind of work, like, that would be the one thing that would sway me is that. I've got the game 17 nothing. I've got the Bills not scoring. Um, I originally had it 17-6. I went 17-9. I just, I think it goes back to the thing that I just don't see the Bills even crossing midfield. And, you know, the, the six straight unders, eight out of 10 gone under the total. They can't make this total low enough. I mean, I think really what it comes down to is they're scared that the Bears, you know, look, if it ends up being like 31-10, and it goes over the total, you know, then, then you become an issue. But I just think the Bears sleepwalk in this game. It's a non-conference road game. There's zero motivation for the Bears. I, I got a 17 nothing and it's ugly. And other than, their, other than the Bears' D, there's nothing there. See, the only reason I think the total, that they could get more than 17 is because I think they're going to score on defense more. I, I think that's, I, you know that's, what? that's valid. That's valid. You know, that that's the only thing that I'm going to bring to this table. And, and if there isn't a defensive touchdown or two, then I would, I would, if they're, ba- if they're playing field position and they back this team up inside the 10, then you yeah. clearly can see Peterman get sacked fumble. You know, I mean, I see safeties uh, in this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this has got this game has safeties written. All over yeah. So that's the only, it's the only thing I'm going to, that's the only caveat that I'll throw I'm in. I'm really there. surprised that that total was still 37 and a half. I, I still think that total is a little high, even with that. But I think, yeah. I think the bears are going to score more than 17. I, I think they're going to lease the 24 to 30 sure. range in there. And that's still potentially going to put it i mean even if it's 31 6 that's going to put it under the 37 and a half so and 31 6 is the score that i have in my head just and again yeah. not because the bears offense just runs a low because because the bills deep is tough they i mean bills defense is tough they they're they're they, they show hard. They, they play very hard they play hard they they are physical they are aggressive they get off to the quarterback um it's just i don't know, like i said i just it's hard to imagine the bears not scoring here in this one on defense all right the texans at broncos Broncos minus one and a half now minus one total up at 46 and a half. Now it's 46. So we had obviously uh, the situation where Demarius Thomas got dealt. And I know we kind of glazed over the Detroit lions wide receivers and how that might change, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, So going back to this Texans game here, obviously Cortland Sutton for the Broncos is going to have a lot of eyeballs on him. You have Demarius Thomas filling the Will Fuller role. My question for you is who, if any, 
uh, are you on this week with all the buzz post-trade? I still like Hopkins uh, based on his projected ownership. It's pretty low. Um, there's, there's like three guys. There's Julio, uh, Hopkins, and Antonio Brown. Um, and all three of them are going to be way under owned. I'm not in love with Julio based on, I think, the way the pace of the game is going to go. And Brown with that Ravens game. Look, I think Brown could still get fed, but, you know, going against Jimmy Smith. It, I, I, so I think Hopkins for me is the guy that is really the, the top wide receiver that's going to go way under owned. And I think I would, I would certainly like him in tournaments. Uh, so that's, you know, and the thing about this game, which is pretty interesting is I think the Broncos are like one week away. I mean, look, I think the Broncos are in tank mode. We saw the same situation happen last year where this team just went in full blown, just meltdown. And I, I went against their defense like the second half of last year and people didn't figure out why. And it's because they gave up. And I think the same thing is going to happen again this year. If you look at the Broncos, they're three and seven, the last 10, and the wins are against the Cardinals. They beat the Raiders by one and they beat Seattle by three in week mm -hmm. one. And thing is denver has a huge edge at home in september and uh, i like the broncos in that game the broncos home field edge if you take out september and you just look at every other month besides september they're only 12 and 11 at home in the last 23 so this whole home field edge thing is more of a myth i don't understand why the broncos are favored houston's won five in a row and I know Houston's road record isn't very good, but a lot of that is because they didn't have a quarterback. I think this is a very interesting spot for Houston. I think they're a very sneaky uh, team. And I don't think, I think Watson, Watson, Hopkins, and then I don't know if I'm going to be on Zamarius or Cootie might be a guy to look at, just keep an eye on his health. But I think a sneaky stack of the week is the gonna tight be end is sneaky too, Tom. Yes, uh, Adams, Jordan Adams. Yeah, uh, no, the uh, the uh, Jordan Thomas. Jordan Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, that's the guy that. Yeah, you know, I'm not, and not because I have recency bias, not because of what he did last Thursday, but just because talking about how bad Denver is. Right, you're traditionally against, against the opposing tight end. Right, against opposing tight end, they're not very good, and on top of that, you know, it's it's a price thing where you know, tight end. You got a lot of tight ends again off this slate. No Zach Ertz, uh, you know, no Gronk in the main slate, all this stuff where if you fail a tight end, I don't think it's going to crush your lineup, but it is going to allow you to pay up for a lot of these other guys too. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm throwing yeah, that I name think, out. I think that, that, that uh, I think the Texans to me are really, really sneaky. And especially because the total is 46, mm -hmm. it's not 48. It's not juiced up. Like I think that total is actually in line with um, what it should be. But I think that again, the Broncos started to really melt down last year around, you know, I think it's coming. I think <laughs> winter is coming. Says my, I brother. think the coach is on, on the firings. Oh, I think he's definitely done too. And and this team is not very good against the run either. And I'm not a big Lamar Miller fan. No, no the Houston can't run the ball. They can't run the ball, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that route. I know it's been tempting. He's had two good games in a row and he might have a third, but I'm just not putting my money there. I'm just not doing it. Yep. Just refuse to do it. All right, let's get to the big one. You got the Saints, you got the Rams. It's in New Orleans. It's a pick now. The Rams at minus one uh, just moved, and now the total's at 60. So, 
I mean, look, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of step back here. I'm going to give you my take and then step back. I I feel like the Rams are still going to win this football game. I think the Rams, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of John about the saints right now. And I think the eight and no Rams are a little pissy about this. I really get that feeling. And they're going to go into New Orleans. They're going to show why they're an undefeated team. And then I think at some point they're going to have a letdown the next couple of weeks in one of these weird games. But to me, this is a game where they're getting up for as good as New Orleans is. They do have some key injuries on defense this week. I just feel like from a, I guess here's the question. It's a big shootout wrath. Uh, I think, I think there's two teams that can score a, lo- a ton of points are the players in this game too expensive to load up on? Yeah, I think it's tough because you're, you got to pay up for everybody. And then how does that look for lineup construction? Game stacking is going to be very difficult. Um, look, the Rams are undefeated, tough win against the Packers. Uh, you know, the Packers basically had him beat Ty Montgomery, you know, went into business for himself and now he's out of town. The Vikings, two impressive road wins at Minnesota, at Baltimore. We know about the Saints at home. They're 10-1 and one, their last 11, 7-4 to the over. They posted 30 points in eight out of their last 11 home games. This total is way, is way beyond any total that, that they've ever seen. Typically, the Saints' highest total has been like 54. So it's, it's in the 60s. So that just goes to show you how much Vegas is juicing these totals. But the Rams... 11 and one last 12 on the road, eight and four to the over. They've scored 30 points and eight out of the 12. So it's really hard to think that both teams are not going to get in the thirties with Davenport being out for the saints. I think that's going to be an issue. Uh, my original projection on the game is 31 27. And I'm going to stick to that. I do think the saints are going to try to run the ball. I think they're going to try to um, kind of get back to the way that they played last year. And uh, I don't think that the Saints are going to want to get into this massive shootout. And again, look, 58 points is, is certainly a lot of points. But um, I do like the Saints in this spot. And I do think um, it wouldn't shock me if this game is uh, 27-24. We kind of saw that last week with the Packer game where that game got off to a slow start. And look, if you're going to beat the Rams, you got to try and slow them down. And the Saints do have a pretty good run D. All right, here's a question for you. Uh, of all the receivers on the Rams, which one do you like the best this week? Whoever is matched up against um, Eli Apple. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever, I, I, you know, whoever Lattimore is not covering. Um, and, and, well, I mean, if, you, if you're the Saints, I'm, I'm thinking Lattimore is on Woods, right? Or yeah, you put him on Cooks. You would think so. Yep. Yeah. So yep. it, then it becomes Cooks or or. Or cup of the slot. Revenge, a little bit of a revenge narrative with Brandon Cooks there. Too. You know, I I hate that. I you know I I try to stay away from those because I feel uh, like hey, that's... look you haven't hear me. Yeah, no, time... I know you never say it. And that's why I love you, Rob. Right. But... but I think the way that he was kind of shipped out, uh, he was pissed off. He was pissed off. I mean, so you know. Yeah, I I, I agree. I I agree with that to a certain extent, but I always like to go to the numbers, and the numbers to me say Cooper Cup. I mean, it just to me, like, because because of the same fact of, all right, well, if you got to pay attention to both. one guy is going to blow up, I think Goff is going to spread it around. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, and then uh, Kamara or Ingram this week, who you like on that side between the you two running funny? Um, I know, I know the numbers say otherwise, but when I'm staring at Mark Ingram at 5,000, boy. <laughs> I got a weird feeling, man. I got a weird feeling that it's like 120 and two touchdowns. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you either on that. I don't think either of them are bad investments this week. I'll put it to you that way. I, I, yeah. I see this being a game that you uh, want. If all- I'm going to take a shot on Mark Ingram. This is the week. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to argue that. That's good. That's going to be a fun game. What what two great football games on Sunday? You got this game, and then you got the prime time with uh, New England and Green Bay. So a great football weekend. So uh, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to talk about the players that have changed price and the players to play and fade this week in DFS. You're listening to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. The pre-snap podcast is sponsored by Line Star. New to daily fantasy sports? Don't have the time to put into researching and building your lineups? Let Line Star do the work for you. Build winning lineups with Line Star. Download now in the App Store. All right, you can click on each player on the Line Star app and see the results for each game along with what they scored, the metrics used for current week's projections. You can sort players by everything you can imagine, salary, love, tape, projected points, uh, value, salary comp, score alerts, everything, ownership. We got it all here. Download the LineStar app today and start winning. All right, Rath, let's talk about the big changes in DraftKings, the players that went up. Devontae Parker up 1,400, no surprise there. Fitzpatrick and AP went up 1,100. QT went up 1,000. Reynolds up 900. Newton, Dixon, and McCaffrey all in that game there, up 800. Uh, excuse me, well, McCaffrey and Newton, I should say. Dixon, well, we'll talk about him in a second. And then 700 minus for Landry, minus 600 for Hill. Let's talk about the players first that went up. Uh, who went up that you think is still worth paying for? I'm going to argue Devontae Parker based on what we spoke about earlier. Who's yours? Yeah, uh, don't mind Parker, but uh, look, uh, I didn't get why Peterson was 4,900 on DraftKings last week. I thought that was one of the biggest pricing mistake. I, I didn't get it at all. Um, I still think he's in a really good spot in this game. So he even um, caught a ball. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I think he's just in line for a hundred and a touchdown. I just, I mean, look, man, he looks awesome. I mean, this guy's comeback player of the year, right, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he was left for dead. He was. Uh, uh, and you know, it's funny in season long, I, I took him everywhere once the news came and I got yeah. late in drafts. And, yeah. and the reason, you know, people were like, why are you doing it? I was like, because because he's Adrian Peterson and we've left him for dead many, many times. And what has he done every single time we leave him for dead as he comes back and he has a good season. And well, my expectations were low. Point where he didn't have a lot of competition behind him. And right. if he didn't work out, it didn't work out. You cut him. And, in, so, and you know where he stands right now? He's fifth in rushing. Yeah. Fifth in rushing yards on the year, kids. All right. Yeah. On the FanDuel side, uh, the big movers and uh, fallers here, plus 1100 for Fitzpatrick and Parker. No doubt there. Jordan Thomas up 800, but that's also, he was super low to begin with. QT also ate up 800. McCaffrey up 600, but I think that's worth paying for, don't you? Against Tampa? Yeah, yeah, matchup, absolutely. All right. Now, on the FanDuel side, does it give you any pause because of the touchdown upsides where Newton's going to take touchdowns away from him? A little bit, but I think there's going to be so many points in that game that it may doesn't matter. (laughs) All right, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster minus 800 which I can understand there. Baldwin minus 700, Big Ben minus six. Carry on and Joku and Demarius Thomas all went down 500. Is Baldwin getting to a point where it's at, you know, $700 less where if he has a healthy week there, is, is it time here of practice where we might fire up a Doug Baldwin share in a GPP? I, I just don't like the fact that they're throwing the ball 20, 25 times a game. All right. That's fair. That's fair. It's a yep. very fair assessment right there. All right. Let's uh, talk about some of the price plays here. Uh, where DraftKings prices are down on quarterbacks. What are the other trends that you're seeing this week? Yeah, you know, traditionally we know DK prices the quarterbacks down, but they price the elite skill positions up. So you're always going to find value at the bottom in DK. 
Um, look, Jared Goff has been underpriced all year on DraftKings, and this is no different. You know, he's in a huge spot, big total. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be able to run the ball, even with Todd Gurley this week. So I think that certainly um, they're going to try to certainly throw the ball, open it up, and uh, Goff is in a great spot. So um, I would still continue to lean on him. All right, let's uh, continue to move on here. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, better value on DraftKings. You've got Smith, Goff, uh, Ryan, Rivers. Uh, and to you, there's one guy that stands out. Who is it? Uh, yeah, well, <clears throat> as I said, Jared Goff would be the guy on DraftKings um, because they've just underpriced him all year. And um, he's got a great matchup. Yeah, okay, you got Deshaun Watson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Stafford. Uh, who's your favorite of these three values? Uh, well, I kind of hinted at it earlier. I think Deshaun Watson is a very interesting play this week. I think no one's going to be on him. Um, they they are at Denver. There's still that the Denver mystique, the road. I got burned on Watson against Buffalo, but I didn't know he was hurt. Um, look, Buffalo's defense is much different than Denver. I think Denver packs it in, and I think that Houston blows them out. All right, let's go over to the running backs here. The best values are Barber, Ingram, and Chubb. You kind of mentioned Ingram already. Why Chubb? I just want to hear your take on this one. Well, uh, they've just got him. When we look at percentage of the salary cap, he is one of the guys that is um, his percentage of the cap is much cheaper on DraftKings than it is on FanDuel. So that's the measure that I'll look at. I don't love him in the spot, but um, if you if you think that the Browns are going to be able to maybe slow this team down a little bit at home and try to establish the run, it's going to be with Nick Chubb. So he's strictly going to be like a flex play in a tournament for me. Um, and it would just because it's a salary relief and getting exposure to a guy that's super low owned. All right, let's uh, continue on here on the FanDuel side. McCaffrey, Gordon, Kamara, and Hunt. Uh, we talked about a lot of these guys already, so I'm not going to do too much more here. Let's go to wide receivers. Better values on DraftKings. Uh, you got Watkins listed there. The better values on FanDuel, Evans, Hill, and Thielen. I want to talk about Evans for a second because he's on my radar too. On the FanDuel side, he's 7,900. And look, the rapport between him and Fitzpatrick at the beginning of the year was terrific. Yeah. And it's a good matchup, I think, too. Yeah. I think that's another guy that um, I know the total is high and I know the ownership, but I, I still think that Mike Evans is not being looked at a ton this week. So I do think that he's somebody that's in play. You know, it, that, that shocks me because he was one of the first guys I went to. Because the, the thing is like, okay, I really like Carolina. Yeah. And this oh, yeah, you talked about that recency bias and, you know, yeah. people – well, they see negativity don't. with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's fine. But you could also look at points, and they and they put up these garbage time points, and they make games. Well, you want to you want to hear an interesting, interesting stat? Yeah. So, yeah. interesting stat that somebody told me yesterday is the Tampa Bay quarterbacks combined are the number one fantasy quarterback. <laughs> Pat Mahomes. That's 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 amazing. That's that that says a lot. You know, I mean, yep. and it's an indictment on Dirk Cutter because what they've not been able to do on defense, you know, is, is just dreadful and just not yeah. turn and try not to turn the ball over to on offense. Uh, all right. Tight ends. The best values are Watson Herndon and Rudolph on the drafting side on FanDuel, Kelsey and Joku and Reed. Talk about Jordan Reed for a moment here. How come he makes this list this week? Oh man. You know what? I'm not in love with, with him. 
Um, I, I, look, they, they just don't throw the ball down the field. I, God, they're just grind right now. They are a grind out team and they just don't score. And if they get 23 points, you know, that's going to be good for them. I just, there's just not a lot of upside outside of Peterson. And if Thompson goes or Bibbs go, there's just no value really in the, um, in the Redskins passing game outside of the running back. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough there. All right, uh, let's move on here to the defenses uh, on the DK side. Texans, Steelers, Seahawks are the best values, the best values on FanDuel, Bills, Redskins, and Panthers. Uh, and it, because of what you just said, is there any hesitation with the Panthers' defense? No, not okay. at all. It, no. That's because why? The turnover is more than the allowed points? Yeah, I mean, we've seen it every week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look, when it comes to defenses, you want, you want to take defenses against teams that are going to throw the ball a ton or are just completely inept offensively and just have a bad quarterback situation. So if Fitzpatrick's going to throw the ball 50 times, that's 50 times he has, has the ability to get sacked, fumble, and get an interception. All right, let's move on here. Uh, all right, let's talk about – actually, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, we're going to go through all the rest of these guys, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers – the ones we think with the high ownership, and we're going to wrap it up that way. You're listening to the Line Star app pre-snap show. More with Joe and Rath right after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by Line Star. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at linestarapp.com and start winning. All right, let's do it. Let's start with the quarterback chalk: Mahomes, Newton, Golf, and Breeze. I don't know. I mean, I kind of love all these. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I feel I feel like the chalk is a, is a good answer. Who Who is the best of the chalk this week? I think that's the better question to ask. I'm all in on Cam Newton. Yeah, so am I. He just, when he's when he's been in this spot, and I know earlier in the year I was all in on him, and he kind of you know he was a good favorite at home with a high total, and he really didn't have a good game. He kind of he didn't show up. But look, this is the Bucks defense, and they've they've really owned them they're they're monsters at home i think they named their score and look they're not afraid to run it up man i mean they're not afraid to post a 40 on somebody we saw that their super bowl year especially at home they're going to want to get that crowd fired up cam loves playing at home and i think he's just in for a monster game yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think golf is a, is a close second for me against that New Orleans defense. All right, let's go to the less than 10% owned Wilson and Watson. Uh, why Watson no love for people? Why, why do you think that is? They're looking I mean, at the total. They're looking at the total, and they're seeing that it's middle of the pack, and it's on the road, and there's still that false sense that Denver's this huge defense at home. And do you think that's a, it's a wise thing then to make investment on Watson, or do you think the total's for real for you keep him away? No, I've been, I've been, I've been enforcing Watson all, all show. I mean, he, he's got 30, 30 point upside every single time that he plays. Yeah. I I love what Watson's done this year. I mean, even last year too, he was off the sleet. So people forget about him and they look, they, he put up monster numbers against Miami. Right. He just got the ability to go ham. I mean, I know without Fuller, I know there's splits without Fuller, but look, they've got Thomas, they've got Cootie, they've got the, the tight end now. I just think that this is a different team than it was at the beginning of the season. And you got to remember Thomas played in the same system under Josh McDaniels. And that's why they went out and they got him. So, 
All right, we're fading Big Ben this week. We're all in agreement there. Let's go to the running back chalk. Gurley, Hunt, Kamara, McCaffrey, and Ingram. Look, we've kind of talked ad nauseum about all these guys. I guess the one question is, is the price on Gurley so prohibitive now where you think it's just, it doesn't become a smart play because so so few ownership, even though it's chalk. Like, I mean, it's just so hard to work him in. You're going to fade him. This is the week. I know the total is monster, but... You see, it's funny because I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like it's it's the price is so much the whole well, the narrative of they're going against the number one, you know, yeah. run defense. But you know what? They've got a key injury on that defense. Plus, uh, I think this is Todd Gurley shows up in big games. And, and on top of that, it's indoor. <laughs> I don't yeah, know, man. I look at all this and everybody I feel like is going to run away from it. And they might have the number one defense against the run, but they haven't played Todd Gurley this year. That's true. Um, it's It's tough. Like, I, I kind of backed off him in cash last week and it, and it worked out. Okay. In terms of who I replaced for him, it didn't work out in other areas, but look, if Mike Davis opens up, if, if some running back value opens up, then certainly Gurley is more, um, you can tolerate it. Well, I think Davis is the one guy that that becomes like the, the key guy right there. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you should play and like right now that hip has been an issue for, uh, for Carson. So uh, yeah. let's keep that. And you know what? We've even seen both of them be productive before. So that's yep. not an impossibility either. All right, let's uh, continue on here. Less than 10% own Murray, Crowell, Lindsay, and Carson. Uh, we already talked about a lot of these guys. Lindsay, I want to I want to talk about real fast here too, because I think this is a guy that gets glossed over a lot who on a Absolutely. weekly basis has been pretty Absolutely. good. Absolutely, every single week. I mean. Just no love. Yeah. Why no love for you, Philip Lindsay? Total. The I mean, total. I, I guess, but still, I mean. And, and just the Denver, Denver's offense has got such a sour – um and everyone's on Sutton so that's why and that's even more to the reason why I prefer Lindsay all right wide receiver chalk Sutton Thomas Watkins Thielen Funchess Funchess I don't love more Woods Diggs Hill and Marvin Jones Marvin Jones coming off a huge week last week so I this is what I wanted to save and get into Galladay obviously now in theory should get more volume Really, I mean, Galladay is just a beast. So are we looking here for an opportunity where Marvin Jones, maybe from the matchup, is less appealing and Galladay's more appealing in terms of who's guarding him? Or do you think that there's a yeah, another Marvin Jones? Xavier, Xavier Rhodes and who Xavier Rhodes is going to be on. So whoever Xavier Rhodes is on, I'll probably go the other way. And who, who in your best guess, wouldn't Xavier Rhodes be on Marvin Jones? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, so... If that is indeed the case, then I think Kenny Galladay has a lot of upside in this game. I just, I just do. I mean, even if you go back to the game log, you're like, well, he's had a disappointing couple of weeks. Keep in mind, he had a touchdown in that Miami game that was called back. Right. And all of a sudden, you had that touchdown in those extra yards that looks like a much more impressive total. Yeah. All right, less than 10% owned here. Hopkins, Julio, and Evans. All right, we're going to talk about Evans. We all love him. Julio or Hopkins, I mean, if we love Watson, do we love Hopkins here, Mr. Rathburn? Yeah, I do. I like Hopkins a lot this week. I think he's way under the radar. And uh, Watson's going to lean on him even more without Fuller. All right, and we're fading Hill because he's not 100%, so I would agree with that. The tight end, Chalk, Kelsey, and Olsen. I don't think either of these are wrong, especially in a wasteland that is tight end. I actually think Olsen this week is the guy that I kind of bump up there. I don't know if I'm buying too much into the Carolina offense, but I feel like Olsen on a return on a touchdown is, is not a bad investment. What do you think? Yeah, he certainly looks like the number one overall value play of the week in terms of production and dollar cost. Um, 
Cam, you know, when he's healthy, Cam loves going to him. They're certainly going to have a ton of red zone opportunities. Tampa's defense in the red zone is atrocious. Uh, so again, you know, I can certainly see five, six touchdowns in this game on the Panther side, which means Olsen could be in line for two. All right. Less than 10% owned. We're projecting here. Rudolph Reed, Watson and Hooper. Uh, and the fade is Jordan Reed at 4,800 there. We already kind of chatted about him. All right, let's uh, break this down here. Most projected team ownerships. We've got Kansas city, Carolina, new Orleans, Rams, and Minnesota. Obviously, those top five, they're no-brainers here. Uh, I mean, Carolina's... I don't know be- about Minnesota being a no-brainer. I, I don't know. that. I, I, See, but I, I feel like the way Thielen's been so consistent, people just want in on that. I mean, it's a premium, but it's yeah. it's a consistent yeah. premium. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm not stacking Minnesota this week. I can, I can see that. But you know what? If if Cook is out, you could see then all those Murray shares go piece. Yeah, I can certainly see him having a piece of Murray. I can see having a piece of Thielen, but I'm just not on Cousins or Diggs. All right. And then is, is KC too owned, you think? Like, you think they're... Yeah, I'm, I'll tell you what, man. That's I don't think I'd want to have more. I don't think I'd want to have ownership of them. Like, number one, I think I'd certainly look at Carolina, New Orleans, and the Rams more and mm-hmm. then in like tampa or um again i've talked about uh houston being my play for the week um that no one's on so um yeah i, I don't know if i'd want to be fully committed on casey I, I agree i'd rather have carolina new orleans rams yeah i, I think so too and in terms of the uh the bottom end here you got Miami, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the Bills just absolutely dreadful off the mark this week. Um, but looking at, you know, on the other side of that, is there anything on the Cleveland side, including Njoku, that you say, okay, well, if they've got to try to keep pace at all with Kansas City, is there a little bit of love here where, I mean, Njoku's target volume has been very good with Baker Mayfield. Is, is there an opportunity here? It's tough because they changed the OC, too. And so it's like, right. what are they going to do? And yeah. Coming off the bad game. Uh, I don't know. It's, I just don't see myself owning any Cleveland Browns this week. I just, it's too much of an unknown. Yeah. I, I can't, uh, I can't disagree with that. It's, it's certainly a risk. That's for damn sure. Now, obviously, uh, the prep- ripped, ripped the OC already he said it wasn't his choice. I don't make the decisions. <laughs> Greg I mean, Williams. Uh, it- if there's one thing we all know about Greg Williams, he is, he is first class here. That's uh that's what he is. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us here on the pre snap. Make sure you follow Rathburn over on Twitter at fantasy wrath. You can follow me at Joe Pisa PS 17. Check out all the great content over on line star as well. And uh, been loved doing the show. I want to give a shout out to Rath who got up early today because he's over uh, enjoying life at first pitch, Arizona. And I'm miserable here on the rainy East coast, but I want to give him extra props for getting up early, doing the show here and also all the great work he does, because I know he makes me smarter and I know he makes you smarter too. And he puts so much work into the prep for these shows. And uh, that's why it's, uh, it's oh so good. So I want to give a little love to the wrath. Is that okay? Can I do that? Is that all right? Absolutely. He'll <laughs> take all the love. He'll take it all. But uh I, I definitely want to do that because uh, sometimes people don't realize it all sounds I'm really. Doing this, I'm doing this on no coffee, uh, 5 a.m. wake up time, uh, about three hours sleep. So. Yeah, but yeah, and you know what? And you're still money, baby. 
you're still money no matter what. And I love that about you. So I want to give you a shout out on this one. Let's have a good week this week. Let's get a bounce back week. Um, these games are going to go the way that, that, we, that we want. Them to go. Hell yeah, baby. All right. That'll do it for us here. Uh, and of course, there's only one thing left to do because the pre-snap is over. It's time to set down win. Thanks for listening to the pre-snap podcast with Michael Rathburn and Joe Pizapia on the Line Star Podcast Network. Have a question? Need more advice? Join the conversation at linestarapp.com and we'll see you back here next week. Good luck.